You know, when I uh, talk to Lynn again, it seems like God works all this out. Every time I have a message planned, she has exactly this, the same type of a message in drama. By the way, thank you for that drama. These guys are awesome. I don't know how she memorized all that. It's because she's young. <laughs> don't ask me to memorize that many lines. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm here today. Um, I kind of a privilege to be able to preach the Word of God. I, I thank you, the Pastor, allows me to, to, to fill his pulpit, and uh, it's one of my one of my loves in life is to give the word out and pray that God will, the words I say will be the words the Holy Spirit wants you to hear today, um, because this message uh, I gave years ago to to uh, the church I pastored, and it made a tremendous impact on me. Because you can see the title of the message today is Make It Count. And we're coming up in a new year, and, you know, I, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I just believe that we need to dedicate ourselves more to Christ and to do more of His will and, and His work in this life, to please Him more than I pleased Him last year. Uh, you know, do things that I should have done or didn't do or whatever it is for God. You know, not giving up or not making false promises I can't keep, but just going to God and, and praying and praying that God will just speak to my heart and allow me to understand what he wants me to do more for him this coming year, and I hope that's your prayer today. Uh, I titled this Make It Count because I, I, I want to, just don't want, I don't want you to waste your life. I don't want to waste my life God only gives us a promise of a second at a time. We never know when our time is up here on earth. Make your life count. Make your life more than just about you. Make your life count in, in the lives of others. Make your life the kind of life that impacts future generations. Make your life the kind of life that the Heavenly Father will say someday, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Isn't that what you want God to say to you when you appear to him face to face? Use your life in such a way that we never waste a moment of it. That we can say this year, 2020, believe it or not, we will begin to make our lives count for the glory of God. We're going to look at one of the heroes of the Old Testament today. One of my favorite heroes that made their life count for the Lord. His life will be an encouragement, hopefully, in how we can make our life count for the glory of God. I want you to open your Bibles, if you have them, to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to be reading verses 5 through 13. The man, the hero we're going to talk about today is Noah. Noah teaches us how one life, one life in this world can make a difference. Listen to me a minute. You can make a difference. Starting in verse 5, it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, at the time. 
The Lord was grieved. He had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the peoples on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Can you imagine? God grieved over the people he created. So much so he was going to wipe them off the face of the earth. There are many ways in which we can make a difference for God as Noah did. First of all, we can make a difference for God. We can make our life count for God. Listen, it only took six chapters, six chapters from the beginning to, hum, to, to corrupt humanity, to corrupt the entire world. Six chapters. We were bankrupt morally. Life was filled with apostasy. Humans had turned from God. Life was filled with anarchy. There was no rule of law. Life was filled with apathy. There was no desire for God anywhere. And as a result, God's heart was crushed. He was sorry for the creation of mankind. So grieved was God's heart. So grieved was the sin of humanity that God would wipe out every living thing that had breath. Can you imagine? There was only one man, however, that walked with God on this entire planet. That one man... Noah made a difference. Now, I'm not talking about one man in a family or one man in a village or even one man in a community. I'm talking about there was one man on the planet Earth that was faithful to God. Just one man, Noah. Noah's heart, and here it comes. I want you to soak this in. Noah's heart was completely sold out to God. Completely sold out to God. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Listen, you and I can only be used greatly for God if we're completely sold out to God. This is the danger. Keeping ourselves for ourselves. In other words, a lot of people just want, they just want to know God enough to get to heaven. Okay, God, thank you. I, I've given my life to you, now I'm going to heaven. And it stops there. And this person will never be used greatly by God. If you are just living each day saying, okay, I, I'm great, I'm going to heaven, and that's as far as it goes, you will never be used greatly by God. Never. There's a quote that says, that I read, it says, when a man 
is on fire for God, the rest of the world will come to watch him burn. If you are, in fire, are you on fire for God, God, people will see that and they will desire that. They will come after that. But they must see it in your life. What kind of a vision do you give people when they meet you, when they talk to you? You on fire for the Lord? I don't mean just shoving God down their throat. I'm just saying you're excited, you're joyful because you know the Lord and you're serving Him. And that fire in you is catchy. And so making a difference for God begins by being completely sold out to Him. Secondly, you can make a difference for your family. Noah made a difference for his family. God said in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, God said, enter the ark, you and your family. His family was spared the flood and owned their salvation to the righteousness of one man, Noah. His wife, three sons and daughter-in-laws. And when you and I walk in righteousness, we can impact. Listen, we can impact our families for the glory of God. David said in 1 Samuel 26, 23, The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. We impact the lives of our wives, our husband, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. Your greatest asset to your family is your personal righteousness. You can be an impact to your family by walking with the Lord. I hope you realize that. Some people just don't realize what an impact that you have on your wife or your husband or your children or your grandkids. I know Joan and I have experienced that in our life, and I'm sure others here have experienced that as well, that you can be an influence for your family. Believe me when I tell you this, your wife and your husband and your parents, your grandparents, your family is watching you and the way you live. If you're bringing up a child and you don't live God's way, you think that they are going to? No. Not unless they're brought to Christ by someone else, maybe. You can make a difference for God and you can make a difference for your family. Also, you can make a difference for your future generations. Noah made a difference in the life of humanity from that point on. Humanity made a difference. The rest of the generations would come because of the obedience of Noah, one man. Genesis 9.1 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Those who love the Lord and follow the righteousness of God can extend their influence to generations to come. Let me give you an example, and this is not bragging, but Joan and I love the Lord. We try to live His way. We're not perfect. None of us are. But our children were led to Christ because of the testimony of Joan and I in our home. And now their children we're led to the Lord. I am blessed by having grandkids and children that know the Lord. It goes from generation to generation to generation. And I'm praying that my grandkids will have children and they will lead them to the Lord. It starts with you, though. Parent, grandparent, whatever, you, wife, husband, it starts with you. 
And it passes on from generation to generation. Only by your example, by your walk with Christ, as Noah did, you can change generations to come. So you can make a difference for God, family, and future generations. And here it comes. You ready? <laughs> you can make a difference regardless of your age. Some people make restrictions on what they can do. Listen, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough experience. I'm too young of a Christian. I'm not talented enough. I'm too young. I'm too old. Yada, yada, yada. There's all kinds of excuses why you don't be led or, or why you don't work for God. Why you're not making your life count for the Lord, for the glory of the Lord. None of it matters. Genesis 7, 6 says, Noah now was 600, if you can believe that, 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. Moses was 80 years old when he was called to deliver Israel out of Egypt. Abraham was 100 when Sarah gave birth. She was 99 years old. God bless her. <laughs> Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold into prison by his brothers and was 30 years old when he became the prince of Egypt. David was a teenager when he slowed Goliath. Mary was a teenager when she gave birth to the Son of God. Listen, you are never too young or never too old. And I know that as pastoring for the years I've pastored, I heard all, all the excuses. And I heard some of these. I'm too old. I'm, you know, I can't do anything. Well, can you pray? That's a ministry. Oh, I'm too young. I'm not experienced enough. I don't know enough about the word. Do you know Jesus? Yes. Can you just tell someone that you love him and what God has done for you in your life? I mean, it's, I can go on and on, my friends. You can make your own excuses, but there are no excuses. Why do you allow yourself to be used by God and make a difference? Make a difference. Make your life count for the Lord. Make your life count for your family. Make your life count, your life, your life count for a few for generations. And regardless of your age. So then, what practical advice would Noah give us? What do you think Noah would give us? What kind of advice do you think Noah would give us today? Number one, you ready? Don't be afraid to obey God even if it does not make sense. How many of you here have been spoken by God and just said, what? Raise your hand. Doesn't make sense. But if you know for sure it's coming from God, and there's ways to know that, by the word, in your prayers, through the Holy Spirit, don't be afraid to obey God if it doesn't make sense. So listen, it never rained. When Noah was told to make a, an ark, it never rained. It's like, okay, God, what's rain? <laughs> Noah did all that it was commanded of him to do by faith. I'm going to say something. Maybe you want to write this down. I don't know. God does not call the equipped. He equips 
the called. You follow that? God is not called the equipped. He equips the call. When you are called by God, he will equip you with everything you need. And that's where the fear comes in. Oh, God, how could I ever do that? I can't do that. you got to be kidding me. You think I, I, you think I was called to be a pastor when I was 40 years old and had a family. I can't go to seminary. I can't do that. How can I provide for my family? Guess what? God provided it all. He will equip you if you're called. You just got to answer the call, whatever that call may be, even if sometimes it doesn't make sense. That's where our faith comes in, isn't it? Secondly, don't be afraid to do something for the first time. Don't be afraid to do something for the first time. Noah never built a boat. <laughs> Can you imagine sitting there with Noah? And God says, Noah, I want you to build a boat. Uh, what's a boat? <laughs> it was never any rain. Say, God, okay, God, what's a boat? Well, I'll tell you what a boat is, but you've got to be dedicated to make it. It's 450 foot long, 45 foot wide, and 75 foot tall. And it took 120 years to complete the ark. Now, if you know anything about construction at all, can you imagine with no tools, no electrical tools and all that stuff, building an ark 450 foot long, 45 foot wide, and 75 foot high? How many here visited the ark? I guess there's an ark out of town. Some of you have. Is it big? You imagine making that with just your hands and no saws, electrical saws and all that stuff? Imagine if you were Noah. Would you last 120 years to do God's will? I mean, we won't live that long. Sometimes it just takes time. But you have to be willing to work with it, even sometime if it doesn't make sense. Okay, God, you said it's going to rain. I don't know what rain is. You told me to make a boat. I don't know what boat is, but I'll do it. I'll do it because you asked me to do it, and I believe by faith that it's truly you telling me to do this. I will be obedient. I guess the question I have at this point is, are you obedient to the calling of God, knowing that he will equip you? You think you can make a difference? Make your life count for God? Make your life count for your family? Make your life count for a few generations to come? We're too complacent. We're too busy. I've been guilty of that. Too busy. We're never too busy. Should never be too busy for God. You need to be quiet. You need to find quiet time. If you want to listen to God, you need to sit down, open his word, and listen when you read. Because he will speak to your heart through the word of God. He will speak to your heart through your prayer closet. But you've got to be still enough, long enough, to listen. And ask yourself, is my life making a difference? I know what you're thinking. This is what, this is what cracks me up about people, myself included. I'm one person, God. What can I do? I'm one person. How can I change the world? Well, Noah did. So can you. 
But you have to start somewhere. I used to have statistics. I tried to find it and I couldn't find it. Like a lot of times we think that when it comes voting time, I'm only one vote. I'm not going to vote. What's, what's, the, what's one vote? Well, first of all, it's a freedom you should be using. If it was ever taken away from you, you'd want it back again. But many elections and many things have, have, have turned over one or two or three votes. <laughs> and so don't think that I'm only one person, what can I do? If you believe in God and you walk with God, God can, God can accomplish much through your life. Much. Maybe God is calling you to do something that seems way too big for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If you're sure it's God talking to you, and you can know that by reading his word, see if it corresponds with the word, because that's really, that's it. If the word of God says it, it is. If it doesn't say it, if it contradicts what you're about to do, it's not right. The word is our authority, because it's all truth. God wrote it. It's all true. And if you're reading it, you'll know that God wants, to, God wants to use you for his glory in some way. And you can make a difference. You can make your life count this coming year. Pray about it. Seek it. Find out what it is. And don't be afraid, lastly. Don't be afraid of standing out in a crowd so many times we don't want to stand out because we don't want to be different. We don't want people to think we're weird or different or shove us away. When I was saved many, many, many years ago, I lost my friends. They didn't like who I was becoming. They wanted me to continue to go out and carouse and get drunk and all those things that they were doing. And it's like, boom. For me, it was just cut off. I knew it was wrong. I was rejected by my best friends, but guess what? Now I have best friends. I know that the friends I have will do anything for me if I'm in need of something. And I know I will do the same for them. We're in Christ. And they are my true friends. This world should see us as distinctly different, my friends. We're told to stand out in the crowd. I don't mean obnoxiously, but you need to stand up for Christ and let people see a difference in your life. Don't follow the crowd. That's the hardest thing to teach our children. I praise God and thank God my kids are grown, but I have grandkids now. And I'm praying they won't follow the crowd. It's hard for us as adults, but especially for kids in school these days, you know what's going on in the world. It's hard for them to stand out. But there are a lot of teenagers. You know, we talk about all the bad that we hear, but there's a lot of great teenagers that follow Christ. And they're making a difference. They're not afraid to stand out. So be different and let God use you in an incredible way. Incredible ways. One person sold out to God can impact the world. You be that one person. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, sometimes it's just, I don't know, God, we just get in a busy state of our life and 
We take our, our, our salvation for granted. We take you for granted. We know we're saved, so la, 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 it's great. Now what? But Lord, we, we need to stand out. We need to make our life count. We need to make our life count to be pleasing to you so that someday you can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, when we see you in heaven. That should be the desire of every one of our hearts. So God, speak to each one here today, beginning with myself, that this year, we can just go to God and say, God, how can I make my life count more for you this year? That should be the prayer on our lips today. Lord, make my life count for you, for the glory of you, Lord. So God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today and thank you for this word. Thank you for Noah and his faithfulness, Lord. Because he did make a difference in this life, in this, in this world. Amen. You know, Steve's going to come up and lead a song. It's one of my favorite, actually. I, I, I think it's the song I came forward to to be saved many, many years ago. It's called I Surrender All. And I want you to think about those words. And you may be sitting here today and you're not really surrendered, all of you. You may be saved, but you really haven't surrendered everything that you have to God to be used in the way that God wants to use you in a great, precious way. So as we sing this song, please search your heart. If there's one here that doesn't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, surrender your life today because tomorrow may be too late. I remember one day the preacher what finally got my heart was he, looked, he reached out and he, in, 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 at the audience and I know he was just pointing at me, at least I felt that way, and he said, if you was to die right where you sit now, you know for sure you're going to heaven. I couldn't answer that question at that time, but I can now because I know Jesus is Savior and Lord. Do you? As we sing this song, if, if you are moved today by the Spirit to come forward, to be prayed over, to accept Jesus, please do so. Don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit here, God is here waiting for you. If you want to Make your life count more for God this year. You are saved, but maybe you're not surrendered completely and you want prayer. I'd like to pray with the group of you. If you want to come forward, you can. Uh, as we sing this song. Steve. Hymn number 408. If you'd like to stand with us. Yeah. 
Precious Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray that as we were singing that song, Lord, that it was our prayer, that truly we surrender all to you as we enter into 2020. Lord, there, there would be nothing that we would put ahead of you, nothing that we would place higher than our relationship with you. Lord, whether that be our job, our family, our friends, whatever it may be. Lord, I pray that you would convict us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be sensitive to the moving of your Spirit in 2020. Lord, be sensitive to your voice. Lord, just as when we pick up the phone, we know someone's voice so well, we know who it is is before they even tell us. Lord, may we know your voice in that way. May you lead us and guide us. Lord, I pray your blessings upon each and every one. Lord, as we go from this place, may we take your grace, your peace, and your love. Lord, to those that are around us in this hurting and dying world, we ask it all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.